You don't make a movie called 88 Minutes that's two hours long. What the hell? No. (laughs) (laughs) Something must have been lost in translation. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, as you know, all movies should be 88 minutes long. Yeah. 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 And hey, we're at 88 Minutes of Predator right here and pretty darn good movie so far. True. That's true. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And today we're talking Minute 88 of Predator. Minute 88 you could call a lot of different things. A lot of different things. (laughs) Yeah. I did a little bit of research on this and not only are there just a ton of Hall of Famers wearing 88, I'll just run down their names real quick. Uh... Michael Irvin, Marvin Harrison, Tony Gonzalez, John Mackey. Mack. 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 Thank you. Alan Page, Clarence Ace Parker, Charlie Sanders, Len Swan, (laughs) Mack Speedy. Mack. Mack. Seriously, that's a guy's name. Mack Speedy. What a name. Great name. Great. I had to throw one more. One more. I'll throw in as number eighty-eight. Not in the hall. <laughs> Surprisingly, not in the Hall of Fame. Dick Witcher. <laughs> Dick Witcher. Dick Witcher. <laughs> Sounds like an accountant from the sixties. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Moonlighting as a as a film star and <laughs> wow. some independent films. <laughs> That's a lot of really good eighty-eights. Yeah, so many 88s. Were those just Hall of Famers that you listed off? Except, except for Dick Witcher. Except for Dick Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are all Hall of Famers. I was taking a cue from the NFL Hall of Fame webpage and just put the last names of the Hall of Famers in all caps. All caps. Matt! Uh, I saw some other ones, not Hall of Fame yet, but uh, some excellent players. You got Des Bryant, mm-hmm. Demarius Thomas. Mm-hmm. Did you say Tony Gonzalez? He is a Hall of Famer. He's he in there. He is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Wow. I think he wore 88. Uh, I don't think it was his primary number, though. I think he wore, was 81 his primary number? Because I feel like I've said his name before, but mm. he's worn a couple different numbers. I feel like it wasn't that long ago that he was playing, and he's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. 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 He was Give good. Me. Game of the Jordan treatment, like ah, we know you're a Hall of Famer, right? Just do it, just do it now, do it now! Come on, come on, <laughs> come on! It's right there. We need the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Should we talk Thank about Predator? Yeah, let's talk about Predator. Minute eighty-eight of Predator opens with the camouflage Predator leaping onto a branch, and it ends with the camouflage Predator crawling down the tree. Camouflage, camouflage. We are going to break this minute into two parts. Uh, The first part will cover the first 39 seconds of this minute. We carry over from last minute. (laughs) We see and hear the cloaked predator leap from the top of the screen and land on a tree branch. Uh, Then the predator leaps from that branch and disappears out of the bottom of the frame. We cut back to Dutch, who's hugging the tree. Uh, the, tr- the same tree that he climbed up in the last minute. And he's looking straight ahead for the predator. And while he's looking around, we see the cloaked predator slowly crawl up on a branch behind him. Then we and Dutch, we hear the predator's clicks 
and kind of low growl. And Dutch realizes the predator is there and just kind of slowly looks behind him as the predator is cloaked. Um, as the predator's cloaked uh, form kind of gives us a distorted look at Dutch's face and body. Just bodies. Just bodies. Just bodies. Mm. Yeah, so the confrontation begins here and already things are not going as Dutch planned. He set this trap, he lit a fire, he climbed up in the tree and instead of the predator taking the bait and coming after that fire, the predator is right up in the trees with him. Yeah, what's the deal there? How do you think something that uh, coincidental happens? I mean, is, are we just rolling the dice and it's coming up 88s for <laughs> the predator? Like he's that close? He can he could touch him if he just reached out. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, movie magic perhaps. But I, I think here it's, a, it's probably just a combination of coincidence mm-hmm. and the predator just coming in uh, at an angle that, you know, Dutch didn't think he would. And uh, so he is kind of, he must have seen or uh, he must have heard Dutch's yell. He must have seen this fire going on. And he's still kind of coming into this area where the fire is. uh, But he's just maybe taking a path that Dutch hadn't considered coming down through these trees right behind him. Yeah, maybe Dutch just picked too good of a location in which to hide, like, oh, this is like the best location where you can see everything. And the predator sees this tree and says, uh, that's like the perfect place where you can see everything. Right. Love it. Right. Um, but regardless, this is a very fun way to begin our, our confrontation between these two. Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, right away, things are not going as planned. At the same time, we know that Dutch's disguise is working because the mm-hmm. predator does not see him right away. Uh, and we get some really kind of fun uh, face acting here from Arnold as he sort of realizes what's going on, don't we? Yeah, he's almost coming literally face to face. Well, I guess in a way he's kind of kind of like coming butt to face, honestly, as the predator <laughs> crawls past him and then like leg to face. Uh, but yeah, when Dutch hears the sound, we re- we as the audience are privy to the predator being behind him before he knows it. It's it's a couple minutes or a couple minutes. It's a couple seconds later that we hear the clicking, which means Dutch hears the clicking too. And all of a sudden his eyes go wide and he's like desperately trying to see behind him without moving. He's kind of making that yeah. face. He's like looking over as hard as he can without moving. Yeah. And his face and hair and body being covered in mud really makes his eyes kind of pop out on the screen. Mm-hmm. They're very white and you really notice them moving around. So it's a cool effect because all the acting is done with those eyes and you see the moment he realizes that it's there mm-hmm. and you can see the surprise and, and sort of like low key panic in his eyes as his eyes kind of like, you're right, kind of strain and try to look behind him. Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's definitely putting a lot of emotion into those eyes. Um, and I think it quickly... <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, you, you can tell the the gears are turning too so he's doing a lot of uh, emotions here he's he's doing the scared but it, then he's also doing the remembering his training remembering that he has a plan um that we'll see in the next section here this is kind of a theme in this movie right where they mctiernan likes to try to keep the audience a step ahead of our characters sometimes 
Mm-hmm. Right. In the whole, you know, buildup to this, the whole way through the jungle trek, we kind of are a step ahead of our characters because we are given information about the predator. We're allowed to see the predator. They, you know, we, we see the cloaked predator before any of the characters do. And uh, this is sort of a, a microcosm, sort of a mini version of that, where, again, we, we know the predator is there before Dutch, like you said. And uh, so that theme of it, it kind of helps build the suspense because we know that he's there and mm-hmm. we're waiting to see how he's going to react. Right. It's a really effective kind of way to build suspense and, and build the thrill of the moment. Yeah, I, I agree, because you could think that uh, knowing the the things that we know before the characters know it might lessen the suspense, but it certainly raises it because you know, he's crafty enough and he's planning all this and you just really can't wait to see what he does next. Um, and hopefully doesn't do anything too rash, yeah. um, but the predator is constantly catching people unaware this whole movie and uh, Dutch is no different as prepared as he is like, <laughs> his hunter is literally right behind him. All right. Uh, other things to add on this uh, section here? Yeah, like uh, like the music, as always. We always praise the music that oh, Alan Silvestri is putting on. Uh, there's some nice little suspenseful horns at first as the Predator is leaping logs downward to what we learn is the same tree that Dutch is on. But then it goes silent as Dutch is just watching and waiting. And then once he hears the clicks and we hear the clicks, we realize the predator is right there. Um, it goes back to a little bit more of a driving, a little bit faster of these kind of deep horns. This yeah. That, that jaws like theme that we talked about when the predator first landed in the water um, after jumping off the waterfall after Dutch. Yeah. It's like the horns with the symbols on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And you know, it's just that driving, uh, that driving sound that kind of mimics a heartbeat. Maybe Um, Mm. that as soon as that kicks in, like your the hair on your arms kind of sticks up. It's really, really effective. I love it. Yeah. And then you hear the maraca in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. I just had one sitting here. Nice. Uh, as you do, um, as you do. but yeah, c- kind of like the the Jaws icon is that fin in the water. The Predator's giveaway is like that shimmer, that uh, cloaked invisibility appearance. Like, oh man, like trouble's coming if if you're seeing those shimmers. And I, I meant to ask you, I didn't write this in my notes, but how well do you think Dutch can see the cloaked Predator? Because he certainly knows it's there. Clearly, but yeah. do you think he can see like just the outline or exactly like the ripples that we see? What do you think he sees? Cause he never tells us. Yeah, that's a good question. I, that's a really good question. I always assumed that the characters in the film are seeing the same thing that we are seeing the mm-hmm. audience. So I would assume he sees the, the shimmer. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and shimmer. especially the shimmer, especially up this close, I think he definitely can see a very clear outline of where the predator is. That's what I've always assumed, but um, that's an interesting thought that, you know, the special effect kind of shows us the audience one thing, but 
you know, I don't know if in the story it was meant to be he's even more cloaked, that he's almost like almost invisible. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. What Do you have a, a thought on that? Uh, I, I just agree with you there about he seeing exactly what we see, like looking into, I don't know, like uh, almost like looking into water, how like it distorts things. And you can tell you're looking into water, but you can't tell depth or a lot of features as you're looking into it. It's, it's probably just kind of a confusing mess, especially up uh, close like that. And I just, just want to give a shout out to the effects crew headed by Joel Hynek. I'm putting together this effect, this camouflage, this cloaking, because this is our best look at it so far in the movie where it's slowed down in front of us as the predator is very quietly, slowly making his way down the tree in front of Dutch. And we see exactly what Dutch sees and in, in all its glory. Um, I think this were probably some of the last shots they did because this whole sequence was filmed in the second location in Palenque after they redid the creature design. Um, this creature design cloak does not look like the, like the big bug lizard. This looks much more like the actual predator that we know and love. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. We're so conditioned at this, at this point in our, you know, movie watching to assume that everything is CGI Mm-hmm. And like this effect is so good. It almost looks like a kind of a rudimentary CGI, you know? Right. And I'm, you know, I'm watching this just casually, like my brain just sort of accepts that as, Oh, that's just a computer effect. But even these up close shots, these really close ups, they had to do that practically. And uh, you're right. It is super impressive. And they really earned, I mean, they were nominated for Academy award, right. For, for effects. Yes, and they uh, lost to inner space. Right, right, and uh, but you can see here, like they earned it. the The effects are fantastic. Yeah, it is just it's mesmerizing. To look at it. I yeah. just really like this effect, and it's the first time you see the camouflage in front of somebody. All before it, it's been in front of like the trees or the sky or just foliage. But here we have him going in front of our main character, Dutch. Yeah, yeah. and it's 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 really effective. Hmm. But um, I can throw a couple facts from John McTiernan. He actually pipes in with some more commentary. Oh, we got some uh, actual interesting insight. Yeah, he says that the predator jumping around on the branches in the beginning of this minute, and then I'm assuming crawling down this tree. Um, I don't. Uh, there's nobody actually there when that's happening. This is uh, a gymnast in Los Angeles swinging around in some gymnasium in a red suit that they're filming, and they're somehow superimposing that. Uh, into here using that concentric circle effect. At least they're using the concentric circle effect when they're passing in front of, when he's passing in front of Dutch, when he's jumping through the trees in the very first part, that is not the concentric circle. That's more like, I don't know how you describe it. It looks like a hole in the jungle. And McTiernan goes on to talk about giving Joel Hynek credit, but then he says something about, he says the special effects team thought the something camouflage didn't look good, that it looked like, a cutout in the film, but I listened to that clip over and over again of John McTiernan talking. I could not understand what camouflage he's saying doesn't look good. And maybe they were talking about like a first time or the, yeah, the first time through trying to put that together and didn't look good. But to me, I mean, this looks excellent. It's iconic imagery of the predator and um, just kind of like nightmare, nightmare fuel, like being out in the woods and hopefully not seeing a shimmer, kind of like being in the ocean and not seeing a fin. It, it really is impressive. Like when you think about the predator, you think about this movie, you think about that shimmer, you think about mm-hmm. that, 
really cool sort of outlined uh, shape effect. Yeah, even at the very beginning of this minute when he's dropping down through those branches from one branch to the next, like it looks really, really good. And so, yeah, the, the effects continue to impress for sure. And if you if you pause it at different parts I, at the beginning of the minute, like you can't even see the predator, the cloaked predator. It just blends in so well with the the background. It's something that you'd have to really be looking for if you're uh, in Dutch's position. Like you just have to be so hyper aware and probably hopped up on all sorts of goofballs just <laughs> and your cocaineum, cocaine, cocaineum. Side note here, Dutch's hair with all this mud in it it looks pretty good. It looks great. He looks like he's... It's like perfectly manicured mud hair. Yeah. (laughs) Looks like a a slightly muddied version of uh, his Terminator self. Yeah, or like if Guile from Street Fighter put a bunch of mud in his hair. Mm. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme connection. There you go. Hey, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Hmm. Well, all American. Shall we move on to the second section here? Let's do it. Second part. Second part. Okay, this will run from about second 40 till the end of the minute. As soon as the predator passes Dutch on the tree, Dutch grabs a vine and dramatically swings from one tree across the ravine to another tree. Uh, And he grabs that tree quickly as the camera zooms in on him hugging the trunk tightly, almost tenderly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, baby. And there. Double eight. (laughs) 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 Okay. We uh, All right, so then we cut to the predator. Uh, we cut to the predator vision scanning the trees for Dutch, only to see the cool blue and black of the jungle. Dutch is nowhere to be seen through the eyes of the predator. And we cut back to the predator who continues to move down the tree. And end of minute. Mm. Mm. This is great. Mm-hmm. I love this vine swing from one tree to the next. And I love how the camera, the choice in the camera placement here, the camera is below Dutch as he jumps from the tree, holding the vine, the camera's below. We see him swing across the frame. And then the camera, as he swings up towards the next tree, the camera sort of swings with him where it's like zooming mm. with him. And then right as Dutch grabs the, the trunk, the camera continues to zoom and zooms almost quicker right up into his torso where we see him hug the tree. And that just the way that sequence does, you, you just feel the swing of the vine. It feels like you're on that vine with Dutch as you swing up and then grab that tree. And I love how still he gets right as he grabs the, the trunk. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point about noting the camera work because if this is like a static camera, it's not nearly as exciting and it's probably an easier shot to pull off. But to be able to move the camera just the right distance and I, I'm with you. I really like that push in shot following him grabbing that tree. Um, it's almost like the predator vision following him. It's almost like having a pursuer mm-hmm. um, right after him. But then you learn, no, the predator didn't 
see him. The predator was super slow to react to those vine sounds. And uh, luckily for Dutch, he didn't do the thing that we would all do, honestly. Like, we'd all be like, yeah, <laughs> right. doing the Tarzan. <laughs> but you can sense the the urgency and the the panic here as he grabs the trunk. He just grabs it and immediately becomes so still. Mm-hmm. And that's emulated with the camera as the camera zooms and it zooms up quick. And then right as Dutch kind of really grips the trunk, the camera just stops mm. right with him. And so it's like, it's like base. It's like safe. Yeah, exactly. Like we safe. <laughs> and Dutch stops moving and he just hugs that tree. And even his eyes don't move. He's just staring straight ahead. Yeah, he, he even unwraps the, is that a word? Unwraps. He even wraps up the vine in his arm as he grabs that tree, like to make sure that, tr- tr- that vine is not swing back and Predator's oh, not seeing it. Yeah, so that doesn't even move either. Everything just becomes still. Yeah, and at that point, it's I love the eye acting again. He's not looking back at the predator at all. He's just simply like, even holding his eyeballs still. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to move my eyeballs. Right, right. Just in case they give me away. I love that. So then uh, when we cut from there back to the predator's vision, the predator kind of scans across the jungle. And of course, he's covered in that mud, so we... Predator does not see him, but he couldn't see me. We can we can see him if we're taking our time and looking closely, can't we? Do yeah, you're gonna miss this if you're watching this just one time through, not looking for those things. And I, I I feel like the same thing happened last time when he was first covered in the mud and the predator was looking for him. That uh, I didn't see him. I'm sure the first dozen or so times I watched this, mm-hmm. uh, same. Even just watching this minute, I was thinking like he's not even in this. Like he's probably not there, but then I paused it and like outlined him and put him in there in the notes so you could see. Yeah, I saw um, that. But what's really neat about that is it doesn't linger on that at all. Like the camera is panning from right to left, and that image is on screen of Dutch hugging the tree clearly in the blue and the black. Um, but it pans by that, and you're just looking at a blank space. Like that's not on in the frame for more than a second or two. Yeah, and it really is supposed to illustrate just how easily the predator can scan across the the jungle canopy and and miss him because you know I had to pause the the video and look and be like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, um, but with the scan, you know, it just you can go right by it. it just looks like a tree trunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so big kudos to McTiernan and the FX team for keeping that in there because it's. Right. Like a movie in the 80s, you're probably not thinking a lot of people are just going to watch this over and over and really try to find where you can see the predator, where you can see his prey and his vision. Yeah. Uh, But if you watch closely enough, it's there. But I I think it's just uh, incredible attention to detail. Yeah, it's really cool. I I really like that they left that in for Mm -hmm. for the fans of this movie to kind of discover like a little Easter egg. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, the score here is perfect. Um, the score kind of crescendos as he swings across the ravine and grabs that tree, kind of get a dun 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 dun, and yeah. it sort of ramps up. But then, right as he grabs the tree, the score kind of goes quiet for a moment as well. And it's, it's just that again, that quick, uh, everything becomes still for a, for a split second while he, you know, tries to uh, avoid the predator, and then we get that kind of low dun 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 dun. Dun, dun, mm-hmm. as he's sitting there thinking it's like that adrenaline is kicking in at the same time as 
the music, especially when he's like grabbing that tree. It's it's almost like when you're racing up the stairs in the in the basement, like <laughs> right. and it's dark down there, and you're like, I made the last step. That's gonna be my da 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 da, and I close the door. Like there's nothing <laughs> back there, but you know you're gonna still run up those stairs in the dark. Of course, and then you slam the door behind you, and everything becomes still. <laughs> yeah, and you hold still, and you just yeah, your mud covered body is hopefully not giving off too much heat. So this is really, we're ramping up here. Um, I'm really excited for our next several episodes as we really start to to see the the chess moves by these two hunters Mm -hmm. in the jungle. Yeah, that was definitely like a do or die kind of moment. I don't know the chess term for uh, a vine swing away from (laughs) an invisible enemy, but it's probably like, you know, pawn to G9 and right, the rooks in the cradle now or something yeah it really was an an all or nothing move huh like mm-hmm. a lot of bad things could have happened there the vine could have broke uh he could have missed <laughs> could have missed the tree yes if he misses the tree then he's just swinging back but he's not going to quite go as far right <laughs> you know and then what if he just ends up dangling above the ravine and the predator's like oh and just shoots him with a laser <laughs> Exactly, because we're gonna, we're going to see in the next few minutes that the predator doesn't have much compunction about just shooting at something that's not heated in his vision. Like if if, if he's thinking that he's being hoodwinked, he's going to just take a shot. Yeah, he'll just fire away. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, we know the predator is a camper. He's, yeah, he's cheap. Yeah, cheap camper. <laughs> Dirty hmm. camper. Um, well, all right. Do we have uh, other thoughts on this minute or the end of this minute? Just to connect back to the original script, the script is still showing Matheny tracking the Predator by footprint, which is pretty incredible to me. Hmm. Uh, in fact, he's tracking not just by footprint, but he's also finding the evidence of the Predator climbing trees because in the script, the Predator has like these prehensile uh, like back nails on the back of its feet or claws that it uses to help climb trees and Hmm. Dutch is finding that evidence and trying to track the predator back to his camp. I believe I'll have to keep it up, but yeah, he thinks he thinks he's found where the predator has retreated to after killing off uh, all his team. Hmm. So it sounds like it's much more of a, I kind of talked about this last minute, but that original script is much more of kind of a hunter tracker angle for our main yeah. character. Yeah. I think it's really aiming for that one-on-one confrontation where like you and I are not so different. Like it's really aiming for that. Mm. And there's quite a few moments, like even in the introduction um, of the original script where they're showing the spaceship from space and then they cross dissolve to helicopters coming out of the mists and uh, on the mm. beach. But in the movie, it's not presented like that at all. It's just, there's a spaceship. Oh, and there's some helicopters arriving on the beach. You're not meant to think those are two similar things at all. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of but a, maybe they are. Maybe they are. Kind of an interesting uh, commentary on uh, yeah. humankind, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. Or just Arnold in general. Just <laughs> right. <his> badassness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Did we do it? I think we did it. I think we expended ourselves on minute 88. We. Hmm. 88 it ourselves, love and kisses or whatever. <laughs> Two boobs, four, four <laughs> boobs. <laughs> calculator boobs. Calculator boobs, yeah. 
I think we did it. So we can talk recommends now if uh, you're ready, if you have something to recommend. Oh, let's see here. Uh, I'll just uh, recommend uh, that everyone should play Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm. Um, again, I'm behind the curve on uh, good video games, but that's uh, a really good game. So check that one out. <laughs> and um, uh, a show that my wife and I have been enjoying uh, my recently. Wife. My wife. My wife. Yeah, and this is a show that we've watched for a while now, but uh, we're finally catching up with the last season of it, which is uh, Schitt's Creek. Oh. Have you watched uh, Schitt's Creek at all? I think I watched the first episode a long time ago, and I just... Yeah. I, I hear people over and over again recommend it, though, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah, you kind of got to get through the first few episodes. They kind of, like, establish the characters and sort of get their footing as to what the show's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the second season, it really gets rolling, and it's just a really funny, like, wholesome, well, mostly wholesome <laughs> uh, show that just... Uh, you know, it's just good old-fashioned fun, I guess. <laughs> like it, okay. the characters are funny, the storylines are kind of simple, and they can be a little cheesy sometimes. But what really makes it is is Dan Levy, which is Eugene's Levy's Eugene Levy's son, mm-hmm. is one of the main characters, and uh, his uh, the woman that plays his sister. His sister's name is Alexis, and I can't remember the actress's name. She is hilarious as well. And the two of them playing brother-sister alongside each other is really the best part of the show. Um, mm. And, yeah, I can't uh, can't recommend it enough. It's just good. Each show is like 24 minutes, and uh, so it's just good, easy television. Um, yeah, Shit's Creek. If you haven't started huh. watching it now, uh, they're all on Netflix, I think, except for the last season. Oh, okay. Are they officially done now, or are they still going? Yeah, this last season that we're watching right now is, I believe, the very last season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it has Catherine O'Hara. Oh, I love Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara's in it. She plays uh, her and Eugene Levy, our married couple. The premise of the show is that this very wealthy, rich family, their empire basically goes under, and they are forced to move to this tiny town that's called Shit's Creek. Hmm. And uh, it's just the story of them sort of rebuilding their life. They live in a motel. Um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of goes from there. Uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Good huh. good acting. Yeah, good good comedic writing. It's, it's fun. We'll have to do a little... Uh, Sarah and I will have to start watching that because we're trying to fill that show hole. Yeah, if... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I th- I think you guys would like it because I know you. It, it, it I haven't watched a lot of Gilmore Girls, but I think it has a similar vibe in terms of like witty dialogue and and funny characters and stuff. So you might okay, like yeah, like a kooky community. Yo, for sure, yes, mm. yeah. Chris Elliott's in it. He plays the mayor of the town. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's good. What do you got on the old recommends for us this week, Mr. Zabriskie? Uh, let's see. I went through the old Amazon video last week, just kind of looking around at things like, oh, okay, I'm feeling in the mood for something kind of 90s action. Mm. And uh, the, in my opinion, like the McTiernan movie that McTiernan never made um, popped up, and I watched that the whole way through where Harrison Ford plays the president on Air Force One and Gary Oldman is the bad guy 
trying to whatever kidnap the president or something like that i don't remember the exact motivations uh but yeah air force one it just felt like so mctiernan it felt so like the way things are shot and the way action is done with like the camera always moving and uh, just good kinetic energy throughout good performances throughout um so yeah i recommend for the 1997 film air force one it air has force one yeah basically um harrison ford essentially is jack ryan on a plane or <laughs> the president in a diehard situation on a plane it's not a jack ryan film and it's not a mctiernan film uh but to me it just like felt just like a like natural family to a movie like predator for sure i haven't seen air force one whoa since, no i haven't seen oh, okay. since uh the 90s <laughs> who am uh, i talking to yeah right uh oh. i'm pretty sure i probably rented it a couple times in the late 90s i remember enjoying it but i've never revisited it since mm-hmm. um so that yeah that i can totally see that era of like era era uh, Harrison Ford action movie you're right just fits right in the McTiernan canon yeah so I, I yeah strong recommend just give that a watch or put that on the background or something like that nice it won't be on the background for long so, uh, <laughs> it'll be in the foreground right <laughs> you'll put it up on their big screen I know your movie theater system it's it's a good one for that because it's just so well done so well put together nice yeah yeah. All right, so speaking of put together, Jeff, where can people find you? <laughs> Let's become my new favorite part of the show. <laughs> the, the segue. The segue to my Twitter handle. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I am Carl underscore Hungus 314. Jeff Glover on Twitter. Come follow me there. My name is Carl been expert. All right, well, uh, you can find all things Predator Minute on Twitter at Predator Minute. You can email the show, PredatorMinute at gmail.com, or you can join our ever-growing and uh, ever-tender group on Facebook, the Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa! Target the center of the Palapa! Oh, last minute, last recording, uh, you set up perfectly, and I put Carl Weathers' voice over yours, and it, like, matched up really well. Target the center of the Palapa! Wow. So, well done. Nice. Good work. Uh, awesome. <laughs> All righty, so. Target the center of the Palapa! Target the center of the Palapa! Uh, for all things Predator Minute 88, love and kisses, I'm John Zabriskie. <laughs> and I'm Jeff Glover. Boom. And until next time... Stick around. Stick around. Oh, did I step on you? What were you saying there? Something at the end? Oh, no. I just threw in a boobs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just 80085. Oh, all right. So <laughs> stick around. And stick around. Boobs. Motorboat. A couple other little uh, tidbits about... The number 88, it's used for shorthand and amateur or ham radio to mean love and kisses. Oh, do you have any idea why? <laughs> I, do, I don't know. I don't know because it's not X's and O's. I, I don't know. Well, two eights do look like two pairs of boobs. Maybe that's it. <laughs> that's probably why. That's it. That's it. Lots of loving kisses there. It's uh, way more intimate than the call sign 73, which in ham radio means best regards. And 
Uh, I mean, like, don't even ask what number 11 means. Just (laughs) (laughs) well, now I'm curious. (laughs) I made that up, but I think 11 is like, I'd have to imagine it looks like double middle fingers to me, but you know, (laughs) Uh, going back on the pairs of uh, boobs, um, (laughs) I I just want to report, make sure everyone out there knows that uh, as a high school teacher, I can tell you that (laughs) there are still kids that type, Eight zero zero eight five on their calculator and hold it up to their friends <laughs> and laugh hysterically. So, oh, definitely, that's still happening, everybody. So, hey, just don't worry. Case. This happens in social studies, also. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like secretly proud, but like I have to give off the air of authority. Like, no, no, let me see that calculator. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then there's always the kid that realizes you can do eight zero zero eight. Uh, one, one, three, five. Is that right? You have to do that backwards for that. Yeah, to, right. You have to do it backwards. Right upside down. Yeah. <laughs> That's advanced algebra. <laughs> That's for the advanced students. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I'm going to go. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple more. I'll give you a couple more. <laughs> Uh, in Chinese culture, 88 symbolizes fortune and good luck uh, to the point where the, this is on Wikipedia. The Chinese government has been auctioning auto license plates containing many eights for tens of thousands of dollars. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So good fortune for the Chinese government selling license plates with eights on them. <laughs> right. Hmm. Taking advantage of people's superstitions. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking wondering. my brand new license plate has an eight on it. Whoa, we're rolling in it. It's hmm. a good sign. That's a great sign. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting that both the winter and the summer Olympics took place in 1988. I didn't research that further to find out why that was. I thought I was under the impression they're always alternating like every two years. Well, they, Hmm. What did they do? They, they used to like, didn't they used to do? Oh shit. Now I can't remember. Cause right. (laughs) Because now, like now, they every two years they like it's like every two years is winter, and then two years later it's summer. Two years later is winter, right? Exactly. So, what did they used to do before that? Did they? Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. If if people know know. on the Predator Minute listeners pull up, I feel free to chime in because I'm unlikely to do that research after tonight. (laughs) I love research. Love it. Uh, let's see. 88 miles per hour will have you time traveling in the DeLorean and back to the future. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> just funnily enough, there's a lot of uh, bands who have um, recorded a song that's called 88. And my <laughs> favorite bands that did this in favorite, I mean, by looking at their name, you had the Christian rock band, the 77s. <laughs> of Praise course. God. Yeah. Praise God. You have some 41, mm-hmm. apartment 26, and level 42. Why do all these bands have numbers in their names? <laughs> I don't know. And why are they singing songs with numbers in their names? It's oh, totally confusing. Weird. Something's yeah. going on there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, good 88 research. Yeah. Well done. Did you have any 88 factoids that... Popped in your brain? Mm-hmm. I always think of like O-Ren's Army, the Crazy 88, mm-hmm. Kill Bill. 
there's also that movie 88 minutes starring <laughs> Al Pacino that I've never seen that we've never seen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's all I got. I think. Okay. Yeah. 11 times eight. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's some good math stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 88. All right. Cheers to you. 88.